Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to RSI Help Radio. I'm Deborah Quilter, and RSI Help Radio is dedicated to bringing you the latest news and information about repetitive strain injury. Here's a question for you Have you ever wished there was some way you could make yourself comfortable sitting in a chair? Have you ever wished that you could find a way to release the tension in your neck or your eyes? Or how about releasing that ever-present pain in your shoulder? What if I told you you could feel better in three minutes after following a series of simple, gentle movements? Is that too good to be true? Actually, all of this can happen, and here to tell us how is Larry Larry Goldfarb, founder and director of Mind in Motion, who will teach us a brief awareness through movement lesson. Welcome, Larry. Hello, Deborah. Thanks for having me on your show. Sure. I couldn't wait. So let's plunge in, and maybe you can give us a brief explanation of how awareness through movement lessons work, what they are. Um, awareness through movement lessons are a, um, a class approach or application of the Feldenkrais method, which is um, a form of You know, these days I call it neurophysical education just because, you know, learning to move is not just physical. It's about the relationship between your nervous system and your muscles and your bones. So neurophysical education. Um, I also like to call it the martial arts of daily life because it comes from the the founder of the method, Moshe Feldenkrais, who's a martial artist. And the, the method is really about applying what martial artists learn about how people move when we move as well as we can to what we do in our everyday lives. So that's a little bit about the classes. And I think you asked me about awareness. And, um, you know, in a way, the thing that's interesting is not awareness, but the lack of awareness, right? Because, um, it's not what we're aware of. It's the things that we're doing that we're not aware of that get us in trouble. And I can't agree with you more. <laughs> I look at people, computer users, and they have no idea what they're doing with their hands. And then when I explain, oh, you're doing, you're ulnar deviating all day, and they go, oh, that's why I've got epicondylitis. You know, it really, um, yeah, it is a lack of awareness. And well, it, it, I mean, you're facing with tools. Yeah, well, and, and I mean. Uh, awareness and lack of awareness, I mean, they, they, they come together. And, you know, the, the, the way awareness matters is, I mean, often someone would come to me as a fellow Christ teacher or to you as a consultant and say, you know, I have this problem. And, um, and we'll, we'll point out something to them. And they'll say, just tell me what to do differently. You know, I've had this problem for a long time. Tell me what to do differently. We, we can tell them what to do differently, but it's not mm-hmm. going to help because they, and by they, I mean you and me, we, um, we don't know, often we don't know what, what it is that we're doing, right? And, and if you don't know what you're doing, well, look, you can't, I, I, the best way to say this is it's kind of harsh, but you can't do anything different. It's just not possible. You can't go from here and teleport yourself to somewhere else. You can only change what you're doing, right? And if you don't know what you're doing, then you can't do what you want. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's the lack of awareness. It, it has to do with 
not knowing what we're doing. And, and I think, you know, I think that's the nature of being human because our, the nervous system part of what I was talking about is when we learn something, it becomes automatic. And, and that's kind of a good news, bad news situation. The good news is it becomes automatic. So you don't have to think about it and you can pay attention to other things. And the bad news is it becomes automatic. And then it becomes hard to change because with the automaticity, it kind of recedes from consciousness because you don't have to think about it anymore. And it mm-hmm. turns out that that's the challenging thing is how do you change the autopilot? How do you update the way you move? And, and, and you know, in, in most approaches, I think most approaches are about telling other people what to do differently. And our approach is about helping people find out what they're already doing how it relates to the problem they have, and what they need to change. And so I know people probably come to you and ask you this question all the time. How long does it take? How long does it take before you realize what you're doing and you can do what you want to do? You know, well, you know, what I tell people is I don't know. Because I, I don't know how long, I mean, it's a question of learning. How long is it going to take you to learn something? That depends on who you are as a learner and if the way you're learning matches the way, I mean, the way something is presented to you matches the way that you learn. But, you know, I, I had a funny discussion with a friend of mine about this the other day, and and, and we were talking about the, the process of change. He's, he's a psychotherapist, and how long it takes before someone can change. And, and, you know, I said to him, I think, and this is the answer to your question, is it takes almost no time at all mm-hmm. to change. But to get to the point where you can change, that can take a long time. But, you know, it, it, it's all the preparation so that something does click. Um, and, 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 you know, when somebody comes to me, it depends on how, um, how acute the problem is, um, and, and it depends how long it's been going on and how chronic it is, and and it, it depends on how people learn. But, I mean, the good news is it's possible to change. I think I think the challenging thing is that in, in our society, um, we think, it's, you know, you take a pill and you're better. And, and if we're talking about awareness, if we're talking about paying attention to what you're doing, it's not mm-hmm. going to change... And then you're not going to have to pay attention to it. The process of change has to do with paying attention. And for some people, just, I don't know, getting to the point where they're noticing what they're doing when they're doing it is mm-hmm. really difficult. It's hard to stay there, to not be distracted, to, you know. So I think it's a, it, it, it really matters about how, how the person goes about learning. But, you know, I've worked with people who have had, um, really severe repetitive stress injuries. And I've worked with musicians that have focal dystonia, right, like um, very localized spasms that other approaches have not been able to help. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, sometimes it just takes one lesson, one, one individual session or one class, and the mm-hmm. person, you know, can change more than half. They're like more than halfway there. And then it takes a while in the steps of refining it, usually. That, that's the next part of the question, because I think sometimes the lessons are so miraculous that 
the lesson itself brings you to this place of awareness. And the next question that people ask, I'm sure they ask you this question, but I get asked this question all the time is, how long does this last? How can I keep this wonderful sense of being centered, of being grounded, of being moving fluidly? How long can I keep this? Why does it have to go away? And that's, you know, that's the the cherry on top of the whipped cream when people are realizing how much they how much better they can feel after an awareness through movement lesson. Uh, you know, I mean, that is that that is in some ways the question, right? Because uh, what what I think one of the reasons that Father Christ lessons, whether they're individual lessons or group lessons, are are so miraculous is that they they make a fundamental change in the in in the coordination of your movement. I mean, whether you call that a motor program or a habit or or muscle memory, whatever it is, something really changes in 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 the way you sense your movement and how it's coordinated. And and it's like rather than kind of trying to claw your way to the top of the mountain, you're there. And mm-hmm. and it's pretty and um, and it doesn't last. And I think it doesn't last because the, the way that you feel and the way that you is a result of how you move. So if you go back to the old way of moving, then it's going to disappear. You know, and going back to the old way of moving actually means that your nervous system is working just fine. You, you've got something that's you know that you've learned that's kind of ingrained, and it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and so I, I think one of the things I tell my students is that, well, when it comes back, then that's actually an If you notice that it came back, right? If you notice that the way you the way you were moving came back, then then you can do something about it. Before it was just the way you are. So that's the mm-hmm. first step in getting better is recognizing that, it, and it doesn't. Most of us experience it as disappointment. You know, you know, someone will say, oh, well, you know, two hours later my pain was back or whatever. And I'll say, okay, well, and then what did you do? Right? And, and that's the process. You know, that's when, when I say I don't know how long it's going to take. Is mm-hmm. Then that's the process of beginning to notice that you are moving in, a, in, in the old way. What does that mean and, and what can you do about it? And so I, I, I don't think you can keep it. And and mm-hmm. I think the older the habit is, the more it's kind of inside of other actions, the more ingrained it is, the more connected it is, the longer it's going to take. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean years. It just means that, it, it you know, it's something that you learn to do. And, and, you know, like, I don't know, somebody who's a piano teacher once told me that it takes a dozen or two times to learn um, a piece of music. But if you learn the fingering wrong, it can take mm-hmm. four to eight times that to correct it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think, you know, like what you were just talking about, about somebody um, moving their hands and their arms into all deviation, you know, their, their pinkies towards the outside of their arms. Um, I mean, if that could have become, that might not just be their typing or their, their boning. Mm-hmm. their the, the instrument or, or whatever it is, but maybe that's how they chop vegetables or fold the sheets. Exactly. Very or, often it is. Oh. Yeah. 
very often it is. And, you have to look at the whole, um, the, all of the activities of daily living, and mm-hmm. I frequently do that. But, Larry, you know, we've been talking about this, but we could actually do a little movement. Do, mm-hmm. Can you lead us through something, maybe sure. on sitting better, or do you have a better uh-huh. idea that you'd like to give us? No, I, I think, I mean, that's that's our theme, so I think we, we could do something about that. So, I mean, I'm going to kind of, this is a a guided journey. I'm going to describe a few different actions. I'm going to ask you and whoever else is listening to um, just to do each of these, each of these things step by step. Um, This approach is a suffering is optional approach to learning. (laughs) You don't have to feel bad to feel better. So as you do this, you know, please stay in the range of what's easy. Um, one of the funny things about this approach is that we think improving what's easy is the way to make what's difficult better. Um, so anyways, I'll, I'll give you a little taste of that. So just sit comfortably. Um, and there's a few things that will help in the lesson. So if you could sit with your feet on the floor, you know, mm-hmm. flat on the floor, and um, a comfortable distance from, from the chair, but so that your the weight of your legs is supported by your feet and away from the back of the chair if there's a back of the chair. And, um, so you're sitting sort of on the first part, front of the chair, the third of the chair or so? I guess it depends on how big your butt is and how small <laughs> the chair <laughs> Well, I, what, sit as far forward as you need to so your feet can be on the floor. And okay. it doesn't, it, you know, and you're not, you're just not leaning back. And okay. and actually, you have a, a little bit of room between you and the back of the chair, so it won't impede your movement. So okay, and, and take a take a moment to notice just the, how your feet are on the floor. Like, you know, you can imagine if you're walking on the beach, what kind of footprint would you leave with the areas that are in contact with the floor or your shoe or your house slippers or whatever you're wearing. Um, not that I think you wear your house slippers to work, but um, anyway. So Actually, I'm barefoot. <laughs> oh, my God. You're naked. Anyway, <laughs> uh, see? And your pelvis. <laughs> and your pelvis. Sorry, I'm, I'm just being silly, you know. I know you're too long to be serious here. Um, and yes. So you're, you're, just take a moment to notice also with your buttocks, like um, what kind of butt print would you make, right? Like are you sitting more on one side, one cheek, or the other, or forward or back? And now, I'm going to ask, don't do this till I finish the directions, okay? I'm going to ask you to do a simple movement, and, and that's going to be just look toward the floor and then straighten the front. And just, just do that a few times, that action, and notice how you do it. So when you look, I mean, your, your eyes look down. Does your head move? Do you move your eyes alone? If you move your eyes in your head, does your chest move? You know, how does the shape of your trunk between your legs and your neck, how does that change? And then what happens with your bottom, with your pelvis? So when you look down, do you roll your pelvis a little? Do you tilt it back or forth? And you you can feel, if you do that, the movement of your pelvis in the air and the change in the contact on the chair. Good. Now, let's let's do the complementary movement. Just look up. And what is this? So toward the ceiling. It's not a contest. It's not about how far you go. It's really 
more a chance of like, what do you notice at the very beginning? Like when you start the lesson, the, the movement, the action, do, do, do your eyes move first? Does your head move? What happens with your trunk? And what happens with your bottom on the chair? And do it pretty slowly. So if you've done more than, like, say, three times already, slow down. So you, make it small so you can notice what you're doing. All right. And now, would you um, – we're, we're going to use a funny position in this lesson. You're going to put your upper arms and your elbows against your chest somewhere and then hold your head in your hands. And that and, and that position, you, you have the chin. You put the heels of your hands together. You have your chin on the heels of your hands, and your fingers on either side of your head. So kind of, um, I would think of the movie Home Alone. You know that little boy holding his hands in, in that position. So you, you don't have to make the face that comes with the poster, but you, you, just you rest your chin on your on your hands. And you, you cup your hands around. So what you made is a little way to hold your head in your hands. Put your arms down. Rest a moment. So we're going to use that position for a, a, a series of movements. And I always tell people that these lessons are about doing unusual movements, often in unfamiliar positions. And that gives you a chance to notice the things that you would otherwise not notice. So come back to the same position. Your arms against your chest. You don't have to squeeze. Just, just rest in there lightly your hands and your head, and now in that position, just look up. Now, don't move your head. Okay, just slowly move your eyes in their sockets and look up. And just look a little bit up and come back. And at first, it can be a little tricky to separate out the movement. So just go slowly and find out what it like to look up a little bit and then to come back down. You can move I'm your not you going very far, Larry. Is that okay? Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Just close your eyes so the movement can be smooth. You won't be looking from one object to the other or something. So just do it slowly. Notice if you can do this, not hold your breath. Okay, and then do the opposite movement. Look down and then back to where you were looking. Just really easy. And you might notice, even in a small, easy movement, that it's a little jumpy, that it stops and starts. So you can go just to the first stop and then come back to the beginning place. And do that a few times. Don't try to go over it or past it. Just do the first part. And then when you come back to it, maybe it's a, a, a little bit easier. Um, you could, and, and, and then just go up and down. So you put the two movements together, even if they're small. And, and the idea here is not to push at the end of the movement. Okay. Good. All right. And now open your eyes. And keeping your hands and your head together, now look down at the floor and come back to look in front of you. So now your chest and your arms are going to move in a funny way because your upper arms are around your ribcage. And in this position, you won't move very much in your upper chest. So you might notice what happens in the lower part of your chest, in your lower back, your waist, your belly, and if your pelvis moves on the floor, on the table, or, I'm sorry, on the chair. Yeah. I'm too used to teaching this lesson with people sitting on the Feldenkrais table. So you just notice that you're, could, it, could you help by letting your pelvis roll backwards? 
a little bit towards towards your sitting bones. Oh yeah. And towards your back pocket. No, I mean towards your back pockets, right? Because your sitting bones are in front. So it's like you bring your back pockets just a little bit closer to the seat of the chair, and then you come up. All right. And put your arms down for a moment. Just sit there and rest. And notice, just in sitting with where your feet and your pelvis are, you go and lift. And then come back, same position, forearms and elbows on your chest, the heels of your hands together, your chin on the heels of your hands, and your fingers around your jaw and your face. And now, in this funny position, look up. Now, not just with your eyes. You can, you can let your eyes start the movement or be a part of the movement. But now you're going to have to figure out what do you do between your upper ribs, the middle of your rib cage, and your pelvis. So something's going to happen in the bottom of your trunk. So how do you move your pelvis in order to be able to look up? It doesn't have to be big, and it should be sudden. So just go slowly. Before you were rolling your pelvis backwards towards your sitting bones, and now you're rolling your pelvis the other way, I mean backwards towards the... Why do I you say that? Towards the back pockets of your pants. And now, in order to look up, well, you could try that. You could roll backwards. I think it makes it almost impossible, right? But if you roll your pelvis forward towards your knees, towards your sitting bones, maybe it, it gets easier to look up. And, and here, you kind of have to let your belly go. So if you keep your belly pulled in, that's contrary to this action. So you can just let your belly soften a little bit, and that will allow your lower back and the lower part of your chest to move. Good. And put your arms down a moment. And let's do one more thing. Put your arms back up. So on your chest, heels of your hands together, your head in your hands, look straight ahead. Open your eyes. And now could you do the movement you just did Right, where you, you're going to look, you're going to tilt your head up, but you're not going to look up. You're going to look straight ahead. So you're going to tilt your head up, looking straight ahead, and roll your pelvis towards your sitting bone. And then you're going to look straight ahead and roll your pelvis down. And if you can, you can lower your head a little bit, but look straight ahead. If it's too complicated to move your head, just keep your head still and do this movement, looking straight ahead. So my eyes are on a fixed point, and I'm right leaving my eyes there, but I'm moving my pelvis. Is that? Yeah, you're leaving your gaze, so you're looking straight ahead, and you're okay. moving your pelvis. Good. Put your arms down, and now look up and down. Did that change from when we started? Oh, I think I could do a backflip. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. I'm connected. I'm I'm all wired yeah, up. Yeah, no, I was but... thinking all the wires that go everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'd so, be off the air. Now that was fabulous. My so whole that, spine that is so free now. I can I can look down. I can look up. My neck is free. That's amazing. Yeah, Thank so, you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I mean, that's a a little something you can do. And you know, the funny thing is. I mean, in France, Feldenkrais, the guy who, who started this, um, and somebody who lived in France started teaching um, his work 
in the early 60s from just from her influence her his influence on on her and and she called what she did anti exercise it was the 60s so it was anti everything back then um but in a way it is an anti exercise because you're not straining you know it's not about yeah. pushing harder or the number of repetitions in a way it's a you know it's about interrupting the ways that you normally move and and what's interesting is though our habits are really fixed, the way we move is also, if you know how to do it, easily changeable. So we did a few things in that lesson that kind of help you break the habit. And what's nice is that our nervous system is designed to find the next best solution, and, and that way new movements can emerge. Yes, I found that during the lesson when I was holding my chin, it really constrained what I could do. There was a very limited amount of uh, movement that I could get when I was in that position. So I was sort of forced to to use other parts of myself that may, maybe I wouldn't have used otherwise. Right, and and you know, think about it. I mean, what what happens? You know, when you're sitting, is you get disconnected from those other parts, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we say in you know colloquial English. We can look at somebody and point to the chair and say, hey, park it there. Like, mm-hmm. you park your body there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, and it doesn't move. And so here, you know, by keeping, restricting, limiting the movement of your neck and your chest, and it, it, it asks you to find movement in your lower back and with your, you know, your center, if you want to say that, and in a, in a really simple and easy way so that you can find that in the movement later. And what's so interesting is that I felt taller after the lesson. I felt like my posture had improved, um, that I had well, grown somehow. Well, and I think part of this, that somehow, um, you know, when I said solving crisis and martial arts of daily life, um, it, it, you know, you're, you're invited to, to move your pelvis and and, and to engage the, the big muscles that connect the leg to the pelvis and the spine and the spine to the pelvis. And, and, and you know, that, that we consider that your center. So in a way, it just reconnects you to that. Yeah. And, and it, it, you end up with a different balance in the muscles of your trunk around your center. And if your pelvis is more upright and it takes less effort, you're, you're going to feel taller. You will be taller. I mean, yes, I think most people don't don't think about using their legs when they're sitting. They sort of forget about the legs, but it can be such a help. Well, Larry, we only have about two minutes left. So um, can you give us a sense of where people can find you or is there anything you want to tell us before we go? And sure. I hope you'll come back and do more of these Lessons so that people can have even more experience with the Feldenkrais method. So, how can people right. find you? Um, so, my website is mindinmotion-online.com. So, mind in i n motion, all one word, and then a mm-hmm. minus sign or a dash, the word online, one word, dot com. And um, there, they can find information about um, workshops that that I provide in, in um, teacher training programs. And if people are interested in finding somebody who does this close to them, 
they can go to feldenkrais.com, which is F-E-L-D-E-N-K-R-A-I-S.com. And that is a website for our professional organization. And you can find teachers um, all over North America and Canada. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Larry. It's been really fun to have you. And um, thanks to all of you for listening to RSI Help Radio. And many thanks to those of you who have been supporting the radio show through the GoFundMe account. You can find a link to this account on my website, which is rsihelp.com. And um, don't forget to follow the show so that you'll be notified of new episodes. By And you just click on the link on the show's homepage. And so anything, Larry, before we say goodbye? Um. I have to harken back to what I said before. If if your listeners have done this movement and they 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 they, they can find hopefully an experience of what it's how easy it is to begin the process of change, and and I know that when people have a problem that's been going on for a while, sometimes it's, it's hard to remember that you can change or to feel that you can. So if if they got a little bit of that, well, there's a lot more that's possible. I'll say it's a terrific it's a terrific method and I hope everybody has a chance to have at least three or four Feldenkrais lessons in their life. Well anyway, thanks again so much for the show. Thanks a lot, Deborah. Okay. Good luck with your show. Thank you. Thanks. Until next time, this is Deborah Quilter signing off from RSI Help Radio. Bye. <laughs>